This is the Thunder Underground Podcast. This is episode number 45. I'm Trent, and I'm joined by Jason. How hello. are you? Hello, hello. I'm doing great. Doing great. Tired, yes. but great. Very tired. We've got C.J. Pierce on this episode. Yes. This is a good one, we promise you. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a Drowning Pool fan and this is the first time you heard of us, welcome. Yes. TheThunderUnderground.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and now Periscope as well. Speaking of, we've got a few Periscopes up from the Iron Maiden concert. Yes, we do. This past Friday, Fuller House came out. That was the big deal for the weekend for you, I know. God. Um, this is a this is a music, metal, hard rock podcast. Come right, on, Trent. Okay. You're Act- killing me. All right. All that aside, Anthrax came out. <laughs> Anthrax and Anvil's new albums are both out. Yes. They're both badass. We're going to get to those probably on the next episode when we get a little more time to really let them sink in. Yeah, I mean, epic, epic albums. Lots to say about both releases. But, we're yeah, like you said, we're going to listen a little bit more, let it sink in. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this week, so, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to focus on Drowning Pool uh, and uh, some other stuff. Yeah, but just letting you know ahead of time that they are worth your time. That's right. And if you don't have them already, what are you waiting for? Right. Well, before we get into all the drowning pool stuff, we're going to play. Let's just you want to just kick this off with the music. Yeah, let's then, do it. And then come back into the meat of the the whole thing. All right, this band we're going to play is out of Muskogee, Oklahoma. Who those of you who aren't from around here might know that. From JR and Wrestling. Oh, he likes to mention Muskogee. Of course, there's the Oki from Muskogee. That's right. But getting into the metal world, there's no void from Muskogee. And this song that we're going to play is called So Far. So check this out. You'll see the 
right, once again, that was so far from No Void out of Muskogee, Oklahoma. That's just some great, you know, methodical pounding metal. It's got a great groove and even runs into a great memorable chorus where you're, you know, humming along or singing along by the end of it. Oh, uh, yeah, it sticks in your head. And it's got yeah. a really cool kind of uh, middle, mellow kind of part, you know, almost kind of southern rock yeah. type kind of thing before it goes back into it. It's a great song. Yeah, I love that when it kind of breaks down and it goes into that guitar solo that's real, uh, like I didn't think about that, like you said, southern rock feel, but it's also kind of got that that Zach Wilde type essence where it's like, it fits the darkness, but it also has a, you know, an uplifting feel to it as well, you know, so it's it's really cool how it, right on. it kind of goes into that and then goes right back into that pound, you know, that, that metal pound, that bum, 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 you know. <laughs> it's the darkness okay yeah all right trent you're on point today <laughs> right I, I don't know i mean <laughs> it's cool stuff to hear from i mean you don't at least from my experience you don't hear a lot of metal bands from muskogee yeah but it's very cool and they're they're on facebook you can just look them up no void they're on reverb nation they've got five or six other songs up on there all this stuff's pretty cool and check them out i know they're playing I saw that they're playing in May at the Shrine in Tulsa, opening for the Metallica tribute, Kill Em All. Oh, well, I'll be there for that. Yeah. We definitely got to check that out. And I think they opened the John Krabby show that we saw. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. We might have got there late. I don't remember seeing them. But okay. Actually, we did because, remember, we went to another show. That's right. That's right. Okay. We, went and saw, we went and saw some, you know, another area band that we were wanting to see and then we came over to the john crabby show that's what yeah. happened okay, okay anyway off on a tangent <laughs> check out no void on facebook reverb nation that's good, right. good stuff right all right well like we mentioned earlier you're a little tired a little bit yes yeah? because this past weekend was a pretty packed full weekend experience yes it was very we kicked this off Thursday evening, went out to the first shop in Tulsa where Dark Buster was playing. We recorded an interview with Lenny Lashley. Yes. He's also in the Street Dogs. One of my favorite punk bands. Yes, we'll have that coming in a couple weeks, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I'm excited for that episode. Uh, we, we haven't really uh, focused on a lot of punk rock, and uh, so I'm happy, really happy to get into that. Yeah, yeah and it's a good... A good way to kick it off, right? Oh, because definitely. when you got a yeah. guy from the Street Dogs, you can't you can't get much cooler than that, you know, yeah. unless, and, and, unless you got Mike Ness on here or something. <laughs> and the and the Dark Buster record is great, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that is a great album. Check that out. Was it no? Uh, what's it called? <clears throat> no so, Revolution. No Revolution. Right. Then Friday was Iron Maiden. Yes, the Almighty Iron Maiden was yes. in Tulsa. Yeah, and that's uh, something you never thought you would say. <laughs> They came to Tulsa when we were when we were kids. We were like eight or something, or ten, so we didn't get the chance to go see them. Yeah, we had no, we had really no clue. Yeah, and they haven't been back to Tulsa for like twenty eight years or whatever it is, twenty nine years. Yeah, you know we've had the chance to see them before a few years ago in Dallas, and but this is the first really full on experience we've had because when we went to Dallas, you know, we just went on a trip with. You know, your wife and my girlfriend came along, and we just made a trip of it. Hung out in Dallas, went to the show, went on our merry way. Yeah. But when it's happening in your city, 
it becomes more of an event. Yeah, you know? it was. It, yeah, it just kind of took over the whole city in a way. I mean, you had you know, the plane landing, and people were gathered at the airport for the plane, and all that was on the news. And uh, it just became. It's like I, I told you the other the other day at work on lunch hour, the table with all like the fifty, sixty year old ladies looking at their Avon catalogs. One of their phones rang, and Run to the Hills was their ringtone. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what the hell's going on? Right. You know, and, and so it's just, it overtook the city, and it was really cool, and it was really good to see, you know, metal being in the forefront for once. And, uh, you know, the, the all the bars were going with the Trooper beers, and it was just, uh, it everybody was into it. And it was a, a really good event, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, it's cool to see because you know that it probably took a lot of people by surprise that aren't that don't follow metal. Exactly. Because Iron Maiden is a name that even a person that doesn't listen to rock or metal would know. Yes. Like just like they know Ozzy or something like that, but it's people don't grasp how huge this band actually is. Because, you know, the rest of the world embraces metal way more than America has in the last 25 years or whatever. So, it's not a shock to someone in, you know, Spain or Mexico City or Japan or something that this band, you know, elicits this kind of reaction. Exactly. You know, and so, that's what I think is really cool that, you know, they... Iron Maiden, like their social medias and their website, you know, just played into the whole grand thing of it. And That's right. They this was only the second show of the tour. They kicked it off in Fort Lauderdale, and like you mentioned, it was really cool that they just they knew everybody's going to be posting the set list instantly. Yeah, because everybody's curious about it. So Iron Maiden just made a big deal of it, and every song that played, they posted an Instagram picture and yeah. a Facebook picture and Twitter what song had just been played. So by the end of the show. You knew, you knew every ten minutes what the next song was. You know, yep. And and Iron Maiden had control over it, not all the internet trolls, right? You know, yes. Yeah, so you know, you're a fan. You look into that, and you know what you're going to hear, but you're still excited regardless. Oh yeah, totally. It's not totally. like you know the old days where you you had to guess and hope they're going to play something you like. Yeah. But well, you know, for me. I, I'm I'm like that anyways. I always look up bands yeah, set lists. I can't I mean, help it. I, yeah, I can't <laughs> help it at all either. And uh, in a way, I kind of like it. I like knowing what's next, and I like knowing, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I I kind of like that. It, it, I know what's coming, and I can. I'm getting, you know, amped up for it. So, I just yeah, like you said, I can't help looking. And uh, they had a great set list. I thought it was a great set list. Yes, it was very heavy on the new stuff, uh, on their new album. But hey, it's called the Book of Souls tour for a reason, right? And it's not like those songs suck because they're great, right? So I mean, it just made for a, just a great mix of new stuff and the classics. And I, I just it was a way more memorable experience than Dallas. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and I had a better view in Dallas than Tulsa, but still, it just you know, the stars lined up just perfect. And, I mean, it was just a, a very, very cool night. Yeah, and we, like you mentioned earlier, the bars made a big, big deal out of it. Iron Maiden's even, you know, with their promotion of Trooper Beer, they have a 
a bar or two in every city that they bring the beer into and do an official pre-party. Yeah. But at least downtown, from what I saw, there was at least four other bars that were having a pre-party. And you know there was probably more than that. Uh, It had to be more. And just everywhere you turned around downtown, you could buy a trooper. Yeah. Who knows if that's going to continue, but hopefully, you know, whatever. (laughs) Exactly. But, yeah, it was cool. We went to... We'll have to shout out, as always, the Downtown Lounge. Always shout out yeah. them, yeah. We, of course, picked them because we know it's a cool place, and we like to support that place. And we went over there and met up with some friends, hung out for a little bit, and then I took off before you did. Yeah. Because I, should I tell this, I guess, tell this story. Well, yeah. Right on. Yeah, we, I bought, I joined the fan club so I could get tickets as soon as they went on sale, make sure I got a floor ticket. That's right. And when you join the Myron Maiden fan club, you can sign up for First to the Barrier, which is anyone that's in a fan, any show you're going to, if you're going to one or 30 of them, you can enter for every single show. And they just, I don't know if it's random or the first people to do it or what, but they pick 60 people and those people can bring a guest as long as they have a floor ticket. And you can get in the venue a few minutes before everybody else. So you can get right up front. Right to the barrier. And we got over there probably an hour before they let us in. Maybe a little over an hour. And there was probably already 50, 75 people in line in front of us. Wow. And by the time they were letting us in, there was probably 200 or 300 people in line behind us. And I'm like, these obviously aren't forced to the barrier people. They're just people (laughs) that are in line because they saw a line. So I kind of thought that was funny. Yeah. (laughs) But... (laughs) All the people around us were obviously in it because the guy walked around, checked our names off, gave us the wristband. And uh, the cool thing I thought was literally there was no one around us from Tulsa. Wow. That, you know, at least in our area that we were talking to or or see, there's, you know, people we knew behind us, Kevin, Kevin Graham and uh, Rachel Graham, they were behind us. But they're from Arkansas, so they're not even from Tulsa. And then everybody else around us was from, the guys behind us were from Mexico, people in front of us, one dude was from, I think, I think it was from Russia. And, wow. And then these other guys walked up. I didn't really get where they were from, but they obviously weren't from here. Yeah. And just, yeah, the whole experience, it just made you feel like back in the day, you know, when we went to shows and you stood in line, Yeah. you know, so you could get in there <laughs> and it was the same type of vibe, just like it used to always be, you know? Yeah. And I guess, you know, that goes on at every Iron Maiden show, obviously. Because the, the line was packed out anyway from people that, you know, had floor seats, I guess, that wanted to get in there early. The the main lines, so they could run down there. Yeah, um, and, they were, believe me. Yeah, and I don't think I told you that. Once we got in there and got down there in our spot, it was literally like less than five minutes later is when they let everybody else everybody in. Everybody else in. And wow. turned around and saw it. And it was like, you saw the, you know, it was weird looking back at the a venue like that and no one being back there. I in bet. their seats or anything. But then all of a sudden there's just these people like running down the steps. Just a surge. Just a surge of people just so they could run to try to get up there too, you know? <laughs> oh man. You know, from where from where I was, you know, I left later and uh I, I thought, well the doors well the show starts at seven thirty. So I walked over there at seven fifteen and there was both lines to get into that place were wrapped around the building. And I wasn't having it. I wasn't going to stand and all that. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and so I went back to the bar and I was like, well, I'll miss, I'll miss the opening band, whatever. 
I just don't want to stand in that line. And I went back and an hour later and there was no line at all, so it worked out. Uh, and but I've never seen I've never seen lines like that at a show in quite a while. It was it was crazy. <laughs> well, so yeah, so you didn't see the opening band at all, right? No, I didn't. Right, I saw them, the Raven Age, um, which if you haven't heard of them, the one of the two guitarists is Steve Harris's son. Yeah. So that's probably how they got the gig. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> they weren't yeah. randomly picked. No. <laughs> anyway, they, they're a good band. It wasn't, you know, they remind me kind of of the whole uh, Scandinavian metal type thing. Okay. It There wasn't any, it was all clean vocals, but it kind of had like a, a soul work vibe. But gotcha. I'm not, don't mistake and think they're anywhere near as good as soul work. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were good, but they weren't great by any means. Yeah. But. I say if you're going to a show in the future, get there early enough, they're worth seeing. Okay. They're a okay. cool band. And uh, the other cool thing, like I said, besides meeting all those people in line, you know, once we got up there to the front, I got one person in front of me to the barrier. And, yeah. you know, we were obviously stuck there for four and a half hours. Wow. So before the Raven Age and in between them and Iron Maiden, I was talking to these people. And the same thing, the people around me were fan club members from like san antonio one guy was from he lives in texas now but he's a russian wow and and i think the other people down the way were from i think i heard chicago i don't know but it was just this big group of people and all of them the guy in front of me he had said he had seen iron maiden like 25 times and they're going to see him eight more times on this tour that's insane and he's like, and that's nothing. These guys down here, and he pointed at some fan club members he knew. He's like, they've seen him like 88 times. and Wow. All this, you know. And, hey, I've seen Tesla 25 times, <laughs> but that's a little bit different. Tesla, you know, comes to Tulsa or Oklahoma City time, yeah. or Joplin or Wichita or Dallas, you know, at least once a year. Yeah. Whereas Iron Maiden, it's like you're going to see him once every few years in your area of the country if you're lucky. Or you're going to have to go all over the place like these people did. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's, that's that's dedication, big time. Yeah, that's as die, as Jimmy Josta would say, as diehard as they come. That's right. <laughs> Hashtag that shit. Yeah. Well, well so we kind of talked about the lead up to this. Yeah. You mentioned the set list was awesome. Yeah. So, is there anything about the set list that you would that you didn't like? There's nothing. Nothing. Okay. That's nothing. what I would. I think. mean, I, I yeah. thought, like I said, even from my vantage point. Uh, you know, there wasn't, yeah, I had a side view, but there was no curtains, side curtains, so you could see everything, uh, you could see the screens, it sounded great, I mean, I, you know, like, I really like the Book of Souls record, so I dug all the new stuff, Yeah. and they played some really cool classics, it was just a memorable, memorable night, you know, with the big giant Eddie coming out and walking around, and yeah, I, I mean, they put on a show like no other. Right, yeah, and the the Book of Souls songs that they play six of them, and there's what twelve songs on the album, so they so. play half of it, and I think they did a perfect job of picking the right six. You know, it's like yeah. it just they, it was pretty heavy on the the early part of the show, right? I yeah. think they did all six of them within the first like eight songs, yeah. maybe maybe nine songs, and uh, you know, three of those songs are pretty lengthy, but it's just like when you see any great band, you get lost in it. Oh, of course. And the 13-minute 
the red and the black seems like five minutes, you know, because it's so great. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's kind of how the whole thing was for me. A two-hour set just seemed like it was 15 minutes long. You were so lost in it, and it didn't seem long because you, yeah. you were so you were enjoying yourself and you were so just like mesmerized. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, speed of light was great. Yeah. Uh, tears of a clown. That's one of my favorites. That's just got a great groove, a great riff. Uh, that came off well live. So, I mean, I, I have nothing to complain about wasted that uh, wasted years was a great set closer. Oh yeah. Such a good set closer. Um, you know, I like Fear of the Dark, even though you said that I used to say I didn't like that. I don't know where that came from. I, I swore that was you that told me you didn't, but... I don't know. I'm, I might be thinking of someone else. And then, and then, uh, you know, uh, The Trooper and Power Slave. I mean, it was just a great night, a great set. Yeah. I thought it was cool how, well, the show opens, like every Iron Maiden show, they play Doctor, Doctor by UFO. Yeah. Like as the opening song, really loud with the lights dimmed, and then, mm. and then they had an opening video that was like a couple minutes long, that was really cool. Yeah, that featured Eddie and Ed Force One, and then, as soon as that video ends, like the fraternity should fail starts. Yeah, and you know the smoke's coming up, and if you know that song, like very early in the song, Bruce is singing, and he was up there on you know, above the, behind the drums on a riser and, you know, with like a cauldron of smoke coming up or whatever, yeah. singing the song just right there in the spotlight. And usually when you have a band that large, it's like the vocalist is the last person you see. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool how he's what opened it. I know. With that. Yeah, that was a great way to do it. Because yeah. that's a great song to open with anyway. Yeah, it is. Because it starts with that slow thing and then just kicks into that classic Iron Maiden, you know, dual or excuse me triple guitar you know <laughs> and uh then the chorus of that song is that's probably my favorite part of book of souls actually yeah the chorus of that song and then maybe the middle part of the red and the black <laughs> but yeah yeah but anyway that. it's just like you said you know all the stuff that wasn't from the new album like children of the damned and power slave are ones that haven't been played in a long time as far as i know yeah and then of course my favorite Iron Maiden song is Hallowed Be Thy Name, and they didn't play it in Dallas last time when we saw them. And it's just really cool that, you know, we saw them on that last tour and now this tour, and they, the sets were totally different. So we've seen, you know, probably 30, 25, 30 songs oh, no. live now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's the great thing about Maiden, and that's the other thing if someone's bitching about the set list, you obviously don't follow what this band does exactly which is always go heavy on the new album and then sprinkle in some random classics and they've always got i think they've always got the trooper in there yeah yeah and but as far as that goes the rest of the stuff might nothing's guaranteed yeah and then probably in a year or two they'll go around and do another tour and it'll be a classic themed yeah you know and they just kind of go between those you know yeah yeah well what's i don't think i ever asked you what's your favorite iron maiden song Mine, I thought, oh, I, I would have to say, Wasted Years, uh, really love Holy Smokes. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Holy Smoke. Uh, uh, but then, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's my absolute favorite, but I love stuff like uh, Iron Maiden and Murders in the Rue Morgue. You know, those, those are, I was YouTubing those with Bruce Dickinson singing. 
Oh yeah. And that was just, that was even more badass. Yeah. So that, that was really, you know, and I, and I really like the, um, dance of death album. Oh yeah. I told you that before I got into that real, real big. And so, uh, I was kind of hoping for something off that, but that's okay. Was Blood Brothers not off that? Yeah, it was off Brave New World. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. I love the Wicker Man. I just love that That course. is a badass <laughs> song, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you get that same vibe, of course, with Fear of the Dark, with everybody singing the solos yeah. and the, the OOs and all that stuff, which is a really cool thing, because you see that on, you know, you look up in the Iron Maiden live performance, and you see that sea of people in Europe or Mexico. Yeah. Everybody's singing along, yeah, like, so it's cool to be a part of that in our town. Exactly. You know? it's good to see that and not be like Brazil or something. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so the the big question is you weren't butthurt that they didn't play Run to the Hills, huh? I thought that was you. You were the one bitching about it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then uh, we came back to your place, had a great after party, hung out. Like you said earlier, uh, Kevin and Rachel Graham. Uh, travesty shout out to all those guys yeah which, Tommy by the way, and josh all that by the way shout out to travis davis who's that's the right. drummer for the devil you adore that's right we hung we'd, with that guy we'd awesome talked to him for a while on facebook but we never met him face to face so we got the opportunity to meet him hung out he came over hung out all night at the after party and we played them a few episodes ago and we planned to have them you know him and some members from the band on probably probably recorded at Rocklahoma because they'll yeah. all be there, and so it's great to meet him. Like we said, shout out to him, and like you said, all our other usual yeah. friends: Josh, Tommy, Autumn, the usual boneheads, <laughs> right? Eric, Eric Reese, of course, all that stuff. Yes, yep. Had and, a great time. Yeah, and this is probably, I you know. I don't know. I couldn't imagine that this ever happened in the first place, but I don't think Iron Maiden will be back in Tulsa ever. Probably not. I mean, it's like, it's not because it was, anything was bad. The place was packed out. Oh, yeah. Just like every Iron Maiden show is going to be. But when they do that little amount of shows, even when they come, when they, you know, when they finish this summer run, they're going to announce more U.S. dates probably. Yeah. And but it's going to be, of course, not. Yeah, totally different places. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a Texas date or something. Yeah. And, and then when they, like you said, if they do a classic style swing in a year or two, it won't be here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so anyway, and they're what? All in their early, late 50s, early 60s? Yeah. And that's another thing. Oh, you yeah, know, no kidding. We got to get, yeah, we got to talk about that. There's, you know, there's other bands, but it's a small, it's a small group of bands, you know? Mm -hmm. You're Rob Halford's, you're Judas, well, all of Judas Priest. Yeah. You know, Black Sabbath for the most part. Ozzy's not as great as he used to be, but he's still he still puts on a show. And Sammy Hagar is another one. Just all these people that are getting up there in age, even the Stones. You know, they still put on a performance like they always did. Yeah. And Iron Maiden not just putting on this performance, just like the the energy, especially from Bruce. Oh yeah, no kidding. It's just insane for a sixty year old to be. You know, if if we ran around the stage like that, you know, four minutes into the set, I'd be like with cramps on the floor probably, yeah. you know? Oh, and dude, I couldn't <laughs> even go four minutes. I'd be on the ground in two minutes telling you to bring me a cheeseburger and a beer. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't do it. Right. And I'm 39. <laughs> and like, 
I mean, I guess, you know, Dave Murray and Adrian Smith were a little more subdued and yeah. they'd move around, but Steve Harris, you know, was just oh, all yeah. over the place. And I always say Janik, but is it Yannick? Is that how you say it? I'm not sure. I think it's Yannick. <laughs> okay. But he, I mean, he, yeah, I mean he's, he's, he is all of to himself. Yeah, he's a... He has the moves He's that, a character and entity oh, yeah. of his own. That's right. I mean, if, if uh, you know... I got up there and did that shit. I'd look like a fool. Yeah. But he makes it look okay somehow. Yeah. He like has no uh no pattern, no detail or why he's the way he's gonna swing his guitar is different every time <laughs> what he's doing. He's just like spinning in circle, I don't know. But yeah, he can pull it off because of who that's he right, is. That's right. <laughs> that is right. And they all sound phenomenal. Oh yeah. I'm Hardcore. sure we mentioned that already, but you know, all six of them, phenomenal musicians. There wasn't, you know, at, at least from my vantage point, you don't hear anything that a flub up at all, you know. Yeah. And can't say enough about it. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, a night not to be forgotten. Yeah, definitely. So anything else you want to toss out about it? You know, I mean. I just, if, if they're coming to your town, try try to make it. Yeah. Like you drive, won't regret it. Even if it's not your town, you know? It's one of the bands that you should make a road trip for, you know? That's right. That's right. I mean, eight hours away, do it, you know? <laughs> I'm not, you know, if it lands where it works out for you, make it happen. That's right. If you've never seen them, or even if you have, you already know, you know? <laughs> there wouldn't be tons of people at this show that go see them, you know, 20 times a tour yeah, if, if, if it yeah, wasn't yeah. worth it. Especially, that's, right. that's the other thing you mentioned, especially if they're playing the same set list. You would think after seeing a band two or three times, you'd just be like, well... That, okay, that's good. They're not mixing it up like, you know, Metallica or Pearl Jam or Bruce Springsteen <laughs> or something. Yeah. It, you know what you're going to get, but yet people keep going because it's as good as it gets. Uh, pretty much. Right? Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, this was Friday night. Yes. Then we had, like we said, this after party all night long. And if you go on Periscope, you'll see some pretty awkward awkward uh idiotic after party video yeah i might need to go back and look at some of that i and think delete there's some one or two you you should take down if you haven't already okay but we'll get into that later right. or not who knows <laughs> right thunder underground all one word on periscope <laughs> well we slept all morning then got up and man you went to oklahoma city because drowning pool was playing at the diamond ballroom in oklahoma city yes there's Drowning Pool and Audiotopsy and a bunch of other bands, but then when we got there, found out there's no Audiotopsy and no one really knows why. Yeah. <laughs> Even Drowning Pool doesn't know because we caught that conversation at yeah. the end of her. You know? that, that was one of one of their 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 big questions of the night is why aren't they here? Right. They're on the flyer. But and, anyways, and you said that's a a pretty good band, right? I mean, I'd heard them on Sirius yeah, a while mean, back, but I can't remember. I mean, make no mistake, I I will I will admit right now i'm not big on Mudvayne. i'm not even really that big on hell yeah but you know i checked it out anyways and uh you know i can't remember the name of the song but it it was pretty decent it was all right so you know i was kind of interested to see him so i don't know maybe sometime down the line right well we got there and we caught a couple of opening bands and i remember uh was it a Man, I'm, I'm not even going to say, because I can't remember the name. I don't want to butcher it. 
Was it Curse to Fall or Fell? Or, uh, yeah, or Curse the Fall, I'm Curse pretty sure, fall. and uh, Dying were, Art. Yeah. I think. And, you know, good stuff. And we, before all that, we, you know, ran into our old buddy, Jamie Welch. There you go. <laughs> who, go back and check out, a couple months, two or three months ago, we had an interview with him. He's a former member of Framing the Red. Great dude. He's now Drowning Pool's stage manager, guitar, bass tech. Yeah. You know. And he's like, enjoying it. Yeah. Like we mentioned on an earlier episode, he's got a great head on his shoulders and he great mind for the music business and there's nowhere to go for this dude but up, I think. And there he's just going to keep climbing, I think. It's a name you people will probably know as a household name here in a few years. That's yeah. my claim. Well, we hope so. <laughs> right. It should. It should, yeah. yeah. Well, we, uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but, you know, Drowning Pool is a, a band that, like, when that first album came out, I really dug it, and I've, I've liked everything they've done, but I just kind of, after that first album, I thought everything was, you know, it was just good, but it didn't jump out at me. Yeah. But this new album, Hallelujah. Oh, man. Like, really jumps out at me yeah. as it's like it's back... You know, and he kind of gets in that interview. He feels like, you know, this is back where we should have been, you know, after, after Dave passed away. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, it's it, it's a barn burner of an album for sure. Yeah, it's strong from start to finish. It's got the classic Drowning Pool sound, and it's got a few songs that are a little, a little different. That's yeah. another thing he talks about in here. And, you know, you know me, I'm a massive soul fan, massive fan of Ryan McCombs. Yes. So when he joined, I thought... You know, I'm gonna love this, but it didn't it didn't jump out at me the same way Soil did or the way Drowning Pool did before him. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so I was I was glad he went back to Soil just because I love Soil so much. Yeah. And then I think, you know, Jason Moreno really fits Drowning Pool better than Ryan McCombs did. Yeah, yeah, he does and he uh sounds great and is great on this record. Yeah. And the you know, the last the album before this was good too with Jason. This is his second album. But like we mentioned, this one just is at another level, and I know it's it's having some success. It's got a ton of critical claim. Acclaim. Yeah. I haven't really seen anything negative about it, which is a great thing. Yeah, definitely. And like we just said, both of us love it, and they're playing the new songs live, and people are responding, and I know they've had tons of shows on this tour with packed houses, and you know, Diamond Ballroom had a lot of people in there, so it's good to see, no matter what it is, you know, what style of rock or metal, anytime you see a, a house that's full, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, you get a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so, we got anything else we want to talk about, or we want to just jump into this thing and talk yeah, when we get back? Or ready to, yeah, just ready to jump into this interview. All right, we've got C.J. Pierce coming up, and I'm going to say something now that you're going to groan at. Let the podcast hit the floor. Okay. Amazing, man. Uh, so a lot of shows, packed houses. The fans are really receiving the new record well. Yeah. We're getting freaking awesome interviews and, and reviews of the record, so we, we appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I've seen that, a lot of positive stuff, you know. Yeah, man, we just, uh, this time around, man, we just did exactly what the hell we wanted to do, so 
how we wanted to say on this record. Hallelujah. Yeah. And there you go, man. It's an honest record from us. It's a metal <laughs> record. So. Yeah, it is. You know, we're all talking on the way up here. Uh, how is it the band hasn't a band name or a song or a record not been Hallelujah yet? I know, right? That it's like, like so it just perfect. rolls. Perfect. It, yeah, it's it's gonna be a cool title, man. And the artwork too, man. Um, Brian Mercer did that stuff, and yeah. he just nailed it, man. Uh, so everything just really fell into place. You know, we got Jason uh, over four years ago, and and it, I love the Resilience record, but that was the Get to Know Each Other record, and it's a great record, great tunes on it. But um, you know, after touring on that. And then we re-released the Center 13-year anniversary record, and we toured on that, which is more influence on the on the new record. Mm. I think you get a lot of old school trying to pull on it. And then, of course, we found our place with with Jason Moreno. He's the right guy for us. Um, took us a good 10 plus years as <laughs> Dave to find him, but uh, we got him now, and we're having a great time. I haven't had you know this much fun since since Dave Williams, man. Honestly, yeah. it's yeah. been killer. Well, that's cool. Well, uh, like you said, uh, getting to know you. Period. Was it was that kind of awkward or no? We and we've, then now is it just like full cylinder um no there was a lot of factors involved um we went to resilience record i mean we knew jason for, for years he came up on the scene in dallas with us um in fact the band he used to play and used to open up for us a lot so we've already known him but um as soon as he got in that, that room man we just jumped on it you know we wrote resilience pretty fast and got in the studio and he was new to the business and then you know management label at the time are like you know riddles and rock is hard you know this and that you have all these people you know breathing on your neck trying to influence you and, and again you know, we just cut all that off, cut that out of our lives on this record, and just went in the room and just us four. Oh, tell yeah. everybody to screw off. Have you? To, I wondered, has have the vocalist always wrote lyrics, or do you write any? Of um, you? no, you know, Mike, Stevie, and myself. After Day Pass, we really got into the um to the lyric side of things. Um, but we all write together. Jason, he's a singer songwriter, and plays guitar. He writes lyrics. Um, we all bring ideas into this band. You know, that's that's Drown Pool is all four of us for sure. Do you write in a room together all at once sometimes? Um, usually, or just bring ideas it's together? always different, man. You never know. It's like some days I'll grab the guitar and just come out a riff, or, or, you know, sometimes Jason just emails some idea to me, or, or, you know, it's not until we get in the room together as a band and put it together that it comes together as a song as it is. But uh, we're always kicking around ideas, and I'm always writing constantly. All of us are. So, um, yeah, I mean, some songs, it's, you know, a little bit more this person, a little more that person, but um, at the end of the day, we all put our stamp on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to ask about a uh, Snake Charmer. Yeah, that's a cool song, and it's got Fine. that kind of those lines are kind of Eastern influencey. Did, did you yeah. want to do that, or did you just kind of come up with it? And because it sounds like a Snake Charmer, it, yeah, I, mean, I have a sound the, the way I worded it, but <laughs> I'll blend it in there. Um, probably could have mixed it high, but I just I like everything to be blended pretty cool. Um, no, that's it. again that's one of the ideas that, that Jason actually came up with, um, initiated that riff and that idea, and then we beat it up in the room, and Mike did some cool stuff on the drums with yeah. it, and then. You know, once we were done, I put some ear candy. Like I said, I did that at the last minute. Yeah. I put all that uh, snake charmer, and then the solo. You know, very dime bag influence. I wanted to do some weird stuff outside <laughs> of the box instead of just your basic blue scale. And um, yeah, man, that's another one. That's uh, it's just it's different. I think if anything, you know, snake charmer's got more of a new school style of drowning pool to it, which is still metal. Um, but songs like Hell to Pay, My the Blood, it's definitely got that core drowning pool sound to it. So we got a nice mix on this record. I'm really, really, really happy with the way came out all of us are and uh the way the album flows as a whole you know that's yeah. real important i know a lot of people just kind of cherry pick songs nowadays but yeah i you know i still like to put a record in and do my thing and have it playing and not have that point where it's like oh we gotta do this so <laughs> at least we all feel like that yeah so picking song order is important and all that kind of stuff. very very important yeah yeah yeah, Drop is another one from the new album that has a little bit different feel than your normal stuff. It's yeah. Cool. Starts off kind of melodic and then... Yeah, Drop is another pump. one. Um, Jason sent over like, he had like a, a verse and chorus idea for it. 
sent it to me and I thought it was really killer and then um I kind of wrote and structured it sent it back to him it was one of those things that happened pretty fast we're at the house not even on the phone we're just both of us in front of the computer and he, I see my email come up and he sends an idea and I do stuff and I send it back and yeah. it came across and then we all got in a room and, and finished it of course how it is but I love that style uh, I want to do more stuff like that song that song's jamming yeah. and um, again like you said it's a little bit more newer style of Drowning Pool but it's it's, it's heavy and uh, uh, yeah it's a fun song man it's a jamming tune yeah, I think that's my favorite one on the new disc. You yeah, haven't heard that from a lot yeah. of people too. So if that's cool, we'll keep doing that too, man. <laughs> yeah. I just got to keep up on my coffee intake, man. That sounds pretty fast. <laughs> a lot of the new songs are fast on the record, man. You yeah, hear yeah. a lot of bands getting older and they start slowing down, man. We we just keep going and going and going. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of kind of noticed that Jason seems to have a where he's got a little bit of each of the the previous three guys in his to me at least. Yeah, man. He, it, did you notice that, or is that just me? Well, I think just, again, just by uh, a natural evolution and, and by default. I mean, Jason definitely had a distinct sound and style yeah. uh, before he came into this band, which I always liked because he had a, an original vocal. And we always wanted to get somebody with an original sound that, you know, hats off to Dave, but <laughs> I didn't want to have, like, a, a Dave clone ever. <clears throat> but because, again, uh, J Jason Moreno super pro, and out of respect to the Drownable fans and, and the other CDs, man, he learned every song off every CD. And he still sings them all the time. Like, he'll be in the backlash tonight. I don't know what record to put on, but he's always singing along to all the CDs all the time. Um, and he does a great job with, with all the singers' voices, I think. And then because of that, he developed his own thing that we have now, I think came through on the new record as well. So a little bit of everybody on it. Yeah, so. yeah I always thought that was cool whenever, uh, after Dave, that you never got that clone and yeah, we, we had a couple guys that auditioned that sounded just like them and could do it, but I was like, this is just too, no, we need to, we need to evolve and, and, and keep moving forward, you know? Yeah. 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 And let's, you know, third album with this guy, you know? Yeah. Because you had two with the other one and two with this one, so let's <laughs> Yeah, it was going on three, man. Well, I'm not doing this singer switch anymore, man. I'm over that, dude. That was so bad yeah. last time. So, um, and there's no need to, man. We got the right guy. You That's know? awesome. I mean, you know, always awesome. kind of new with the other guys that, you know, it was almost there but it wasn't there and again I'm proud of the records we made and those guys had great voices but it's you know that's half the battle and, and friendship and, and, and being like a brotherhood it's, it's another thing and we, we have that yeah, yeah we totally have that with Jason well um I think it was I saw on I think Jamie's Facebook a week or two ago where you guys had like a quick load in in California you didn't have any sound check Nothing. or anything how do you just you just go up there and hope it I tell you what, uh, having sound check and having monitors dialed in and stuff is, is a luxury. You know, I uh, when I rehearse, uh, I don't rehearse. I rehearse like in a in a room without any of that stuff. So it's pretty raw. It's pretty natural anyway. So when we come out here on the road, and some of these like tonight, man, has got a great sound system. It's got a great monitor system. Everything's pristine. But uh, you know, I throw and go. I've been throwing and going. You know, we all have like other side projects that we do as well, and I do stuff for my brother and and those shows. You know. You know, I'm not headlining and doing the big show. It's throw and go all the time. Yeah. So it, it keeps it real, man. And I love that uh, that aspect about it. But um, sometimes you got to do whatever you got to do to make the show happen, man. I mean, we got in there late. <laughs> we threw that stuff on stage and got on it, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a rolling sound check kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> go for it and hope it all works good, man. Yeah. So far, we've been lucky, man. Our shows have really they've been really great. Like, there's a lot of people in here. It's just um, you always hope that um, you know, things will take off again. Now they seem like they are, man. So yeah. Plus, yeah. you always every time we did the switch, even when we switched with um, Jason Gong, Josie with Ryan McCombs, it's like that first record. It took a minute for the fans to kind of 
soak it in and yeah. it seems like we, we we pass that stage now oh like, definitely like they get jason you have to see it too man i'm guilty of it and i'm a fan <laughs> and you know some of my favorite bands have changed singers are like alice and change is another example and the guy they have now is amazing yeah. but until i went and saw it you know i had to go see the show so and then, obviously once people have seen him jason's on you know 110 percent on stage every night man yeah yeah, I've seen a lot of people say that about Chains and Queensryche and stuff, but then once you see them live, their view changes. So it's yeah, the guy they have seen, the, the, yeah. not the Jeff Tate, but the other guy, he's a freaking killer, man. Yeah. We did a yeah, show with him yeah, a while back, and it was like, it's freaking awesome. So. Yeah. Well, you mentioned side projects, uh, the As Above, So Blow. Uh, yeah, I do that. Like, my brother, um, off and on, you know, because I'm obviously doing this. Um, Stevie's got one as well, and Jason has one. I don't even can't keep up with Jason. It seems like every other day he's got a new project with somebody else, man. But I think that's healthy, man. I think it's actually good because it, um, you, you step outside your box and you do other things and it kind of, it's just music and it influences you to do more things. So when you come, we come back together, you have, uh, I think, more ideas and, and a big, wider musical style and taste, you know. It helps you bring more stuff to the table. But uh, yeah, little brother's fun. I was on the phone with him late last night and he was up partying. <laughs> he called me like four in the morning. And of course, we were obviously on tour party. You know? yeah. <laughs> I FaceTime we're all hammered it's funny <laughs> yes we were doing the same thing last night because we saw Iron Maiden and we're up all night after dude, that dude where was Iron Maiden playing last night Tulsa oh man that show was killer man insane. they got so much energy I don't even know how they have that kind of energy man. yeah Bruce is especially all at that age all of them yeah. are just dude they're just slaying it like yeah, they're almost like 60 and jumping around and stuff yeah. yeah, yeah, he's all over the stage. We got to do a couple of shows with them overseas, you know, over the years and stuff. We did a couple of big festivals, and it was just awesome to get to play with Iron Maiden and see him play. Yeah, they just yeah. they still bring them, bring epic. the epic show. <laughs> we try to bring as much as we can in the small club, man. You'll see yeah. tonight. Hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> well, you got. I, I saw a while back that you're working on a record with As Above. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm always working on tunes or? with them. Um, I did drums for six songs. Um, when we go back, we'll have a little time off. We'll do some guitars and bass and get vocals down and then probably do six more so I definitely want to do a full length record with Little Brother but um, it's it's you know it just takes time because you know obviously you're trying to right this, yeah you know, and, um, but yeah that's what I do in the off time and also teach on the side Stevie teaches as well I love teaching music um, I have a handful of students at the house and um, I'm going to try to see we have a day off on Tuesday we go home and I'm going to get some lessons on the oh, day so it's not really a day off yeah but um, yep staying up with the students as well man and I produce a lot of stuff on the side um, it's a band called Tola the other LA they're actually going to play on one of the shows and I just got done producing their four song EP and they're releasing that in April and um, they got one of the songs already in, in a movie called Real People Scare Me Too and it's <laughs> it's a killer man good for them 16 year old girl with autism um, Aria Fowler and she's an amazing singer really wow, wow. that's, that's killer out of, out of Dallas I assume um, no they're out of um, Louisiana they're out, oh, okay. they're out of Lafayette but they opened up for Drown Pool last year, and uh, they just had this cool raw talent. And I got in touch with them, and I thought uh, thought it was a band. They were just produced their first for a song, and come to find out, it's just uh, pretty much uh, Aria and a uh, bass player Mackenzie. And then they have like a revolving door of like drummers and guitar players. Wow. So then when I took on the project, all of a sudden it was like, what do you mean you don't really have a drummer or a guitar player? And then I wound up doing all that yeah. stuff with them as well. But it's fun, man. It's it's like I said, it's it's nice to step away and, and do other things. Come, you know, make, for me anyway it seems like a healthy thing so when I come back to drown the pool I've got like a clear cut on what we want to do right well you mentioned teaching we uh, did an interview with Norman from Murder FM yeah. a few months ago 
and he mentioned you as far as at the sound foundation. yeah i was at the sound foundation for Working a while we had a, a lot of time off where we we're finishing writing and we didn't have any shows coming up um so i started teaching at the school i had time to do it but now we just since we've recorded the record and taken off i can't really teach out of the school again i have a couple of like students that just do private lessons with because they're a friend of a friend and all that kind of stuff but um yeah i loved it man i you know that's kind of how i fell into it because norman went out on the road and asked if i could fill in and teach his students and you know i'd always had that in the background as something to fall back on you know i went to college for a year to be a music teacher but I always wanted to you know yeah. do the big game so now that you know 20 years later and, and then fall into it i really i love it man it's great you know especially you know I got my youngest student seven years old his name is brooks and showing him how to play you know, acdc and he's just getting any loving it def leopard you know i was like this <laughs> freaking killer man that's awesome and some drowning pool some yeah. pantown of course <laughs> Are all your students kids, or do you have any? Um, no, they're uh, seven to eleven. Um, Fifteen is probably the oldest. Yeah, okay. they're all young. Yeah. Is it is it hard when they're seven to like, or do they have the little scaled down guitars? No, it's got the real deal, and you know, <laughs> really? that's um, crazy. <laughs> but uh, it's just getting them to, to concentrate, you know, because it, you know they are young, and it's yeah. like you want to make it fun, man. You want it to be stale. So um, it's a, it's a little hang time, but it's also okay. We got to get this done, and then. Uh, I know, you know, send them home with a little homework, some exercises and stuff, which eventually they'll learn, like, oh, I'm learning the scale, I didn't know it. So, um, but I can tell when they don't do their homework. They come back, <laughs> and then I got to get in the teacher mode. But it's always fun, man. It's it's great. It's it's awesome experience. So, Is everything in person, or do you do any over? I haven't done it. We've talked about maybe time. doing over Skype like that, um, but since we're... Um, this is like a five-week run, and I'm kind of coming home in the middle of it. So I was just like, you'll miss two weeks. I'll teach them this week, and then I'll miss next week, and then I'll be home again. So uh, we're just going to do it like that. You know, I definitely sent them home with a lot of homework. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see when I get together on Tuesday. <laughs> I saw just a couple of days ago you posted a picture of you with Dimebag. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Somebody yeah. sent that to me. I don't know where they found it. And, uh, yeah, I put it up on there, man. It was killer, man. Yeah. A lot of great times. any good... Any random good stories? Um, to throw I got a lot of got. them, man. But um, <laughs> I haven't talked about them in a while. But you know, we were over there at his house on, on Dime's birthday. You know, quite a few years back, two thousand one and two thousand two, and um, just getting wasted, man. <laughs> so wasted. And you know, whenever you passed out at his house, he um, he would blow you up with fireworks and stuff. It's all good. So I knew. I was going to come, I passed out when rooms and I'm hearing stuff blow up. And in my drunken state of mind, I went and climbed into his bathtub and I closed the shower curtain and I passed out in his tub. <laughs> and I wake up the next day, it's like five o'clock. Nobody's around. I'm in Dime's house. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then uh, he comes walking out of his bedroom. I'm like, morning, Squeege. He always called me Squeege. Thought we lost you last night. <laughs> Couldn't find you. <laughs> fell asleep in his tub, man. It was great. So um, he was so cool, man. Him and Rita, they, they cooked some steak on the grill. We just hung out, watched TV, talked about everything but music, man. He was really like a true friend. Yeah. Uh, he was a great dude. Um, he let me stay with that the day he passed away. I spent like a week out of his house just hanging out and, yeah. and just getting hammered with him. So really, really nice guy. Definitely missed that dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but I'm, ke- I'm carrying the torch, though. I'm drinking like... <laughs> I drink. Sure. Yeah. I have a few. I wasn't going to drink tonight, but I have a like few. Yeah, let's do some jazz. Why not? Okay. I don't even have any glasses. You know what? I, I'm going to make you... What are you making? What is this thing called? Oh, shit. 
We got some fancy stuff on it. When did I come? I wasn't there this morning. Are you fancy? No, huh? it wasn't. Double bro. Are we gonna make some more? I'll be right back. I gotta go get some ice. So I'll make you guys cocktails. Yeah. Let's make some rocktails, man. Just remember, I'm climbing. <laughs> you not climbing. What do you guys not gonna climb on up there? Oh, I found stuff to climb on. Yeah. You know me, I'm a monkey. Don't fall down now. <laughs> no, I don't fall. I land on all fours. You guys still? Uh, I've seen in the past you playing a lot of shows overseas and stuff for the troops. Yeah, we're doing another USO run coming up April fourth. Okay. They don't usually tell us what bases where we're going and keeping hush hush, but we're doing um. A couple of weeks. I know um, we go to start out in Japan and then go in South um, Asia and all that stuff. Bases over there. Yeah. It's killer. I love doing that stuff, I man. I and you know, and it's and just to clear it up for for people because a lot of people don't get it. Um, you know, we do coalition bases. There's there's you know every country's got their armed forces, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, you know that's real people, man. That's like somebody's mom or dad or their son or daughter. Like these are real freaking people, man. So. It ain't about war and, and killing. It's about giving them a break from from that intense job that they have. They hang out at a rock show, give them, a, you know, feel, feel like a piece of home for a minute, man. Yeah. So that that's all it's ever been about for us. So I don't know why some people get weird about it, like, you know, support war or anything. It has nothing to do with war. It has to do with real men and women, you know. Yeah, you know, no, no matter what you believe, yeah, you're helping them out. Yeah, yeah. just personally. It's exactly. us hanging out with other rock fans that happen to work in the armed forces. So, and I think it's a great thing that we do. So, have you ever went to there in the Middle East anywhere? Yeah, we've done Kuwait really? and Iraq. Um, yeah. Every time we were supposed to go to, um, um, what's the other one that they always have shit blowing up? They always cancel it every time we try to go. Uh, uh, um, uh, that could be a few places. Uh, yeah, oh, Afghanistan's one of them. You know, there, there was two other times we we're supposed absolutely. to go, and it, and it just uh, got too intense to where like wow. there's just too much stuff going on. But you know, we're at bases and we've they were trying to shoot stuff at us while we we're playing, you know, and they they had their yeah, they're sitting out there planting mortars in the ground and alarms are going off and and uh, they're like, Should we stop? I'm like, No, let's just stop, let's keep playing. We gotta play. No, it's a distraction. But um we did have to go hot out of the bunker once or twice too. Wow. It was pretty intense. But I never felt unsafe, man, because we had a lot of dudes with a lot of guns surrounding us, man. All right, <laughs> yeah. so I was not worried. Yeah, that's another thing too that was crazy because um, they're, they're all packing and stuff so you know we're doing the show and there's like the barricade and um, I'm seeing like a helmet come up and I'm seeing like a gun and like another pack of gun round stuff and then what they're doing is they're th- taking their gear off and throwing it in front of the barricade and they were starting to have a pit and everything but you can't be out there with the gun so by the end of the show the whole front of the barricade was just full of ammo and guns and, and jackets and helmets <laughs> It's freaking nuts, man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. But they all got their names on it. Yeah, you can check it out. Yeah, South by South. Yeah, we're doing South by South. Yeah. The first time. I've been there a few times. Oh, you're playing? Yeah, we're playing this year. Oh, okay. Thursday That's night. Awesome. Um, I forgot the name of the venue. I don't know. It's the E1 um, party anyway. We're okay. going to be playing with... Um, Probably one of the bigger ones. Yeah. Stubs or Emos or... Yeah, yeah, I've went a couple times, but I don't really remember too much. Yeah, it's one of those things you remember going, you don't remember leaving. Yeah, you do that every night. Yeah, yeah you have a list no of, sleeping. A list of bands you want to see, and you end up seeing maybe one of them if you're lucky because you get lost. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember the creepy dude from the Grove in the mustard-colored suit that really tall with his little circly ears? And <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I wanted to well, uh, I was going to ask, are, are you still uh, doing BC Rich, or who are you with now? I just uh, had a major switch over with the new record um, on a handful of different things for a few reasons. Um, one of the coolest things, though, I just got a Marshall deal, and uh, 
I love Marshall. They yeah. sound they sound like metal. You know that's yeah, yeah. you know but I use the Marshall on the on the center record, um, and then after that with every other record I've tried a lot of different amps and combinations and you know I was on the custom for a long time, um, great sounding amps as well, but getting back into uh, recording the Hallelujah record, you know, I was talking to Bruce. was like, man, it's, it's about this guitar tone, man. I, I got to find that sound. I got I got to get back to me. And we had the JVM 210, which I'm using tonight. Um, but we also had, we had 17 heads there. My wow. custom there. Um, we just, he kept, he had some, I brought mine, and he had a couple other French producers in there. Everybody's like, yeah, let's get on this. So we had this wall of heads and um, tracking stuff, yeah. you know, different combinations of uh, amps and cabinets and whatever, microphones. So we were doing the blind test, like we'd play it back and listen to it and compare them. And it never failed that JVM just won out on everything, just as far as like, in your face and, and it's that tone that I wanted and it's kind of cool because that's what again I use Marshall on the, on the center record so I think that's just my sound I should have just went from there <laughs> so uh, so this year I, uh, I just um, signed up with them okay. uh, Nick Bocott thank you so much he came out to a show a couple days ago as well and took a bunch of pictures and rocked out with this man it was killer so uh, great to be part of the Marshall family and then um, I've been on BC Rich for a long time I love BC Rich but they had uh, sold the company to uh, another Praxis Audio whatever and nice guys over there but just they kind of changed their whole business model and stuff like that and, and in the meantime became really good friends with a guy named Chris Canella who works at ESP Guitars and I've known Chris for a long time and, and um, so I just started playing on, on the ESPs man okay. this year as well nice. so I'm gonna do um, they have their styles but I'm probably gonna do some custom paint jobs like like I've done in the past with it yeah. so I'm all about getting a CJ Pierce custom ESP <laughs> so we're working all that out now but um woohoo hell yeah we should have some more of those in the freezer, but yeah, look at it. Should be some up there. We about to get drunk. Oh, yeah. You come on the bus, I you have to do a shot. Can't talk about that. That's the rules, man. I freak out some people sometimes. You know who I got to drink last night? Who never drank it his entire freaking life? Norman. He did three shots. And Jay Six is sitting there. He goes. Been friends with him since I was 15 years old. I could okay. never get him to drink. <laughs> How did you do that? Yeah I, think, yeah, I think I remember him saying he didn't drink. He didn't drink and he never drank before. He told me he'd never drank before. As of last night, you said that? Who'd never drank before? Norman. He did three shots with me last night. <laughs> and I could tell he was like, <laughs> he had that. Shot, shots of? Um, well, I, I had him doing the uh, fireball. Oh, God. We need fireball and babies. <laughs> Yeah, we got we do. I just stick with the vodka, man. We toured yeah, over Russia with POD, oh, and uh, man, just like they said in Russia, those people drink the hell out of some vodka. They're not even kidding. I don't think we have any cups or shot glasses anymore, man. That PM's stacking. Do you want me to go get any good something? Russian vodka? Yeah, I couldn't read the name of the bottle, but they had this one with a black label on it. And you can get it here in the states. Most places had that one, and uh, but they do this weird thing where they um they eat when they do a shot, and I'm like, why? Do you? So like they had this weird like. Veggie vitamin dip. I don't know. It was yeah. like, it's like that's some kind of vegetable weird dip thing. It looked crazy, but it actually tastes really, really good. So the first time, I just get the scoop of chip and eat it, and they would do a shot. I'm like, I don't want to eat when I'm drinking. I'm like, why do y'all do that? Well, we don't want the rest of the world to think we're alcoholics. <laughs> so we're eating food when we drink. Like that just makes it all better all of a sudden. But we're still drinking that whole freaking bottle, but now we got chips. I'm gonna throw up chips later. It's some kind of weird veggie dip. Right. But uh, oh yeah, it's one place, man. They were doing fish row shots, fish eggs. It's supposed to be some fancy pantsy stuff. I don't know, man. And I did it. 
But dude, like shots of fish eggs. Yeah, they have a shot glass full of fish eggs and a shot glass for the vodka, and they would do oh, the okay. fish eggs, and then you wash it down. And I didn't be I want to be disrespectful, man, but dude, when you put them yeah. fish eggs in there, Ugh. and then you, ooh, it was tough. <laughs> but um, but I did not throw up on my guests. Yeah. Well, but yeah, like you said, you know, if you're there, you got to do it. Yeah, man, definitely. It was yeah. a lot of that, and, and, and it was classic, just like they said, man. The Russians drink the hell out of vodka. They got me hooked on it now. Adam brought back this um, bottle of Russian vodka, and it was um, it was in this book, and it had you opened it up, and it was the story of the vodka, where it came from, it was all in the Russian stuff, and then you opened one page, and the bottle was, the in, was in there. Yeah, they're really proud really of that really stuff, cool. and I tell you what, they got good stuff, man. Really cool. It was really, really good. <laughs> When they make it the right way, man, he's drinking that shit like water. It's yeah. like you don't even know. <laughs> Pretty much spun the, that whole tour just hammering. We had to fly every day. It was fall fly shows, 17 shows, no sleep, hammered all the time. Drank my way through Russia, man. It was killer. Awesome. <laughs> Had good times. I'm like, did yeah, you guys always had a fan base over there, or is it something you're just trying to work um, on now? Or? Yeah, dude, the shows were freaking off the hook, dude. They, they put a lot of time and money in their clubs, were nice. Um, 3,000, 5,000 seat venues, man. Packed. Oh, wow. Insane. And, uh, you know, it's another thing, too. Like, their security guys, like, here, they, they carry guns. Like, they have this dude sold in a big Uzi, just standing at the front door. And these kids are slamming around like nobody's business, man. You would think you'd just be standing there freaking out. Yeah. But uh, I guess maybe they're just used to it or whatever. But, um, dude, the crowd had never been so nuts. They, they were in. And they had a, the last show in, in Moscow. Yep. Any, um, uh, any work on like, Come on. Oh, I'm like playing the bodies and I jump in that crowd backwards with my guitar. <laughs> and they held me up and I rode the crowd and they threw me back up on stage, man. It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Yes. Jumping in here. It was so super cool. <laughs> Thanks for the ice. She's 40 pounds. We're not going to use all that shit. Well, we got one in the back too. We got to yeah. fill up. So if you do half and half, we need some for Thanks, our, man. I don't know what you're making over here. Orange juice and box? Seven tails. Drink some south in your mouth. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Some of <laughs> Iowa fans made me this. Iowa, huh? Sweet. Cool, man. We appreciate the interview. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Getting yeah. drunk with Drowning Pool. There you go. CJ Pierce, guitarist of Drowning Pool. Yep, there you have it. There you have it. Uh, you know, uh, very glad to have him on the show. Yeah. Quite an honor. Quite a... Quite a privilege as we always like to say you know it's very cool that this band you know even through the tragedy with dave williams and then you know this the singer changes throughout the years yeah it's the same core yeah. you know all three of the guys in drowning pool you know have been there since the beginning yeah and the singer's the only thing that changed and i think that's why they're still able to put out albums like hallelujah yeah well, it yeah, sounds exactly. as strong as they do you know yeah definitely and uh you know it was just a great experience uh we did the interview on their bus and they were all just super nice guys and uh super accommodating and uh you just couldn't uh you couldn't ask for a, a better experience i think yeah and you you know like we mentioned at least to ourselves it's kind of awkward walking on someone's bus because like you said, that's like their home. Yeah, exactly. And, and you kind of never know. Yeah, it's like when you go to someone's house for the first time, you don't, you feel kind of weird, you know, you sit on the couch, whatever, and it's like, and this is a lot smaller space, so you exactly. don't want to be the assholes that are in someone's seat or whatever. <laughs> and But like you said, all four of them and the other people that were working with them in there were all cool as hell and just treated us like they belonged. Yeah. And yeah. I think one thing that points towards is that, you know, he talked about, you know, we asked him about Dimebag, and he talked about Dimebag. 
and everybody yeah. knows the type of guy that Dimebag was. And C.J. Pierce just has that same exact kind of vibe about him. Yeah, exactly. You know, he treats you like your family, even though he's never met you before in his life. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's the way to be. Yeah. And uh, we were honored and appreciated big time. Yeah. Thank you to their tour manager, Cody. Thank you to Jamie Welch, their Definitely. stage manager. And, of course, thank you to Bill from E1, who is their label. And quite an honor. And speaking of Jamie Welch, we've got a podcast coming with him in a few weeks. Okay. We've got a podcast coming with Cody Slane, yes. who is the Black singer Water Rebellion and Scorn. Scorn, yeah. You know, he's in two bands. They're local. One's local and one's area, Arkansas. They're both great. And then, of course, like we mentioned earlier, we've got one coming with Lenny Lashley from Street Dogs and Dark Buster. Yeah. And that's going to be a great one. If you're a punk fan, check. Even if you're not a punk fan, listen to it. He's a great dude. Yeah, great conversation. Yeah. And check us out. TheThunderUnderground.com. Check us out on SoundCloud, where all these interviews are hosted. SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder-Underground. There are 44 previous episodes you need to go check out. That's right. We've got everything from Overkill, The Obsessed, Warrant, uh, Europe, Insight, Miss May I, Crowbar, Scattered Hamlet, King Shifter. You know, the list goes on and on. That's, That's an impressive list. Yeah, and it keeps getting bigger. Now the list has Drowning Pool. Yes, yeah. Yes. Well, that can that that just cannot suck at all. Right. <laughs> well, as always, thank you for listening. You got anything else you want to throw in before we sign out of here? Uh, yeah, just um, you know, if if you're if you're a band and you you want oh, us yeah. to hear your stuff, uh, you know, email us. Uh, what's uh, underground at gmail dot com. Right on. Uh, and Trent, Trent will get back to you when he's uh, not busy listening to his Rick Astley records. <laughs> hey, I'm never gonna give that guy up. <laughs> But, yeah, send us your music. Let us know if you want us to play it. You know what? Give us a little information about your band. We'll shout it out and listen to it. You know, that's, Definitely. We enjoy the opportunity to be able to discover. You know, we've discovered tons of new music since we started doing this, basically from the songs we played and a few of the people we've interviewed that we weren't, you know, familiar with because they were on a local or regional level. Yeah. But, so it's really cool to be able to. You know, to discover all this stuff. Oh, yeah, slamming stuff. <laughs> Once again, thethunderunderground.com. Everything is gathered right there. And thank you for listening. Thunder.